I'm telling you, something happened up here with these folks. I'm telling you, if y'all didn't feel the movement of God's spirit all over in this place, I know you did. And listen, young man, y'all see these two young men? They don't realize that the glory of God came upon them this morning. Amen. And Ave did a wonderful job of keeping them balanced this morning. And it was hard with voices like that. All three distinct voices, a four, he worked it. Mr. David, I don't know which one of the angels I saw there playing that guitar this morning. <laughs> but God loves you. Are y'all understanding what happened here this morning? That when you freely give yourself unrestrained to God and say, Lord, I'm going to worship you anyway. And I'm going to magnify and praise your holy name. This is what you get. You get the freedom of God's spirit among you. Amen. Amen. You get the movement of the Holy Ghost. And that's what coming together is all about. Worshiping him. And I know Jesus was up dancing in heaven. <laughs> Amen. I know he was having a good time. Because when his children come with hearts of pure gold and offer it back to him, Father is moved. Amen. Amen. At one time, continue to play, sister. At one time, this was restricted to Israel. Only Israel knew how to praise and worship the one true God. And they were the sole ones for hundreds of years until Father, when he sent his son Jesus, he brought God's plan of salvation, which also brought forth true worship and true praise for the nations. It was no longer restricted to the nation of Israel. And what we're about to see in Acts chapter 10 is that God is shifting now that praise not only for Israel to worship him, but the entire world, the Gentiles. And as the psalmist said throughout the psalm, let the nations praise him because he's worthy. Amen. Let the ends of the world and the coastlines praise him. And that's what God wants. God wants a universal praise from his people, from his angels coming together as one, magnifying his holy name because he alone is worthy. Amen. And so you can give God some glory. Don't be bashful. Give God some praise because this is what it's all about. Israel was birthed with a small number. Amen. And God grew them to a nation of worshipers, a nation of praisers, okay, that didn't mind praising their God in the good time and in the bad. They knew God is God. Amen. And that's what we need to get in our hearts today. We need to know that God is God and God alone and that his son Jesus is king and savior of the world. Amen. And that we're here to worship them in spirit and in truth. What an amazing job that you all did showing Father this morning that you love him. That's all he asked for. 
Jesus said, we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our strength, and with all our what? With all our mind. That means God wants your intellectual abilities as well. He don't want you to hold anything in reserve. Give it all to him. Amen? Amen. And if you look in the scriptures, you'll find out that mighty men of valor fell before God because they knew who their God is. One of those mighty men is David. And David fell before God often. And he even wept like baby before God. And Jesus, when he came among his people, you know what happened? They couldn't believe who they was looking at. We, we never heard anyone like him before. Okay? They never heard a preacher like Jesus before. Amen. Okay? What did they tell the religious leaders back in Jerusalem? This when he preaches with authority. When he speaks, things happen. Amen. Amen? And you know what? And he's given us that gift to do the same thing today. It is called the Holy Spirit that lives in us. So as we turn to the book of Acts today in chapter 10, as we look at God shifting now, this amazing grace to the Gentiles. He didn't leave Israel alone. That's not what's happening here. He's now opening the door for the nations. Because remember, as we talked about in chapter 9, that we see the fulfillment of Jesus' command to the disciples, stay here in Jerusalem, for you will be filled with power from on high. And you shall do what? He said, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then what? The, to the ends of what? To the earth. The rest of the earth. That's the Gentiles. Anybody ever thought that it was going to happen in Israel? Because Israel was packed with Gentiles. Who do you think the Romans were? They were not natives of Israel. They were from Italy. And they would conquer nations along the way and force them into the army. So when, when the Romans showed up, they showed up with the nations. Amen? And there, right there in their own country, God summer started right here with the nations. Amen? Amen? And that's what we're about to see here in a few moments. As God had Luke to record, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord, a Gentile, the nations, headed up by one now named Cornelius, a Roman officer, loved God, with all of his heart. And the Holy Spirit saw this. Amen? And what you see, this man being generous, he knew, even though as a Roman, that his higher, his higher authority was not the emperor. His higher authority was the God of Israel. And he feared him. And therefore, he treated God's people with what? With kindness. The Bible will tell us that he gave alms. That means he gave generously to the nation of Israel because he knew who his, who his God is. And not only did he know, but the men who served under him loved God. Isn't that amazing? I was a military man for over 23 years. And it's something else when you got a man that's in uniform loving God. Amen. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. I remember when I first got to Germany on my, my last tour, which was my third tour, and we're out training. We're, we're out on maneuvers. And they had erected this big tent to have church service under. And I walked in, 
And there in front of me, but this gentleman, Chrissy, this man was magnifying God out of this world. But what caught my surprise, Deacon, is what was on his shoulders. I looked closely and the man was wearing eagles. Do you know what that mean? He was a full bird colonel. He was a brigade commander of thousands. And not only that, he was a Green Beret. <laughs> huh? Come on, somebody. It doesn't matter how valid you are or how great of a mighty man you are. If you love Jesus, you love Jesus. Amen. And, and, and when church service was over with, I had to stop. I had, I had to meet him. And I said, sir, excuse me. You, you don't know me and I don't know you, but we're both are men of God. And I said, I, I, just, I just have to ask you something. He said, okay, go ahead. I said, a man of your stature, you're a full-bird colonel. Your next rank is general. And I have never seen a colonel worship God like you do. Amen. And he said, if you love God, you love God. <laughs> it doesn't matter your rank. And so that's what we're getting ready to see in the book of Acts. We're going to see a great warrior in the Roman army loving God. And you're going to see God's son, Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, send his servant, Peter, to this man. And it's amazing. You're going to see something so great. Now, get this before we go to the Lord in prayer. You're going to see the angel of God speaking to the Gentile. Go to tell you the angels carry the gospel also. The angel speaks to Cornelius. And then over on another shore, right up the shoreline, in a place called Joppa, you're going to see this hard-line, God-fearing, Jesus Christ-serving and loving man of God named Peter. And the Holy Spirit himself will talk to Peter. There's very few cases we see recorded in Scripture where the Holy Spirit himself is talking. But in this case, you're going to see a language, a, a conversation being taking place where the Holy Spirit is talking to Peter directly. Are you hearing me? The angel is talking to Cornelius and the Holy Ghost is talking to Peter. Oh, come on. Somebody got it. And you're going to see them do what? They're going to merge. Why? That merging is the bringing together Israel and the nations. Paul will later write in his letter to the church in Ephesus. He said, Jesus Christ tore down that dividing wall, that partition that separated Israel from the rest of the nations of the world. Okay? Because the two was at hatred with each other. He said, because of the blood of Jesus, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, tore down that dividing wall by his death on the cross. And it took the two men that's what he called Israel one man and the Gentiles another. And he said, by the blood of Jesus brought those two together, making them one man under Christ. Ain't God good. And this is what the first Adam failed to do, but the second Adam, Jesus, made it happen. Amen? Amen. God is awesome in all of his ways. So let's go before the Lord in prayer. Sister, you're playing so marvelous. I hate to tell you to get up. But after I finish prayer, 
the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us. Amen? Amen. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, it's only but one God, and that's you, Lord God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Father, you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus, our King and our Savior, into this world. Lord, you made him one of us. And not only did you make him one of us, but your word tells us that when you nailed them to the tree, you took him that knew no sin and made him our sin so that your righteousness in him would be fulfilled in us. So that when you look down upon those who put their trust in you and your son Jesus, you don't see sinners anymore. You see sons and daughters of yours who've been purchased by the blood of your son Jesus, who are now in the family of God, who are now in your eternal kingdom that has no end. And Lord, and not only that, you filled us with the Holy Spirit. By him we are sealed. And on the day of redemption, it is by your spirit you will call your children forward. And Lord, by Jesus, we will be with him gathered at the feet of the Lamb. And Jesus will say, Father, here are the children that you gave to me. And Lord, we are all excited that we're in that number. And now, Lord, until time for you to bring us home, until time for you to return, we're here to worship you in spirit and in truth. We're here to glorify your name by coming together as one body under one accord in the spirit to worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord, to hear your holy divine word anointed by your spirit. And Lord, give us the ears to hear what the spirit is saying to the church. Holy Ghost, I must decrease and you must increase now so that God's children born by Jesus must hear the word of God. And this is the word of God. In your precious name, Father, we pray. In Jesus, we give you all the glory. Amen and amen. amen. As you turn, and you may have already turned there, Acts chapter 10. I'm so moved by what the Holy Ghost has done here with, with Dr. Luke, the physician, as he records in this long letter to uh, a Gentile official by the name of Theophilus. He was in the Roman government, very high, powerful man. A Gentile is getting the word of God. He had already wrote one letter to Theophilus, and that letter is known as the Gospel of Luke, okay? And now he's writing another letter to him. And he's saying, now listen, Theophilus, all that you have heard about Jesus, he said, those been in part, but I'm now about to give you the full picture. Why? Because Luke had served with Peter John and James, all the apostles, the ones that were alive. And he heard the accounts of Jesus. So what makes a gospel or a book in the Bible credible to be part of what they call the canon is that either they had to be firsthand experience like the apostles or 
close associates such as Luke, okay, or Mark, John Mark, who wrote the Gospel of Mark. They were with the apostles. So that's why the, the books are in the Bible as we know it. And so Luke is writing this fantastic letter to Theophilus because he knows Theophilus loved God and he loved Jesus. But he needed to know more about Jesus and his apostles and their work. And so Luke's saying, okay, here it is. And it must have took him a long time because if you compile Luke's writing from the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts together, they almost surpasses that of Paul's writings in, 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 in quantity. Very, very long letters, but yet full of the power of the Holy Ghost. Luke is the only one to give us the, 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 the record of Jesus' ascension. And as he stood on that hillside, he told those disciples what to do. Wait here in Jerusalem. This is important for you and I to know this, because sometimes the Spirit wants you and I to stay put. Amen? Amen? So that we can hear the voice of God because God is still speaking to the church. Amen. Don't let somebody tell you that that's in the past. God is not dead. That's right. And he's still speaking to his children through the word and by the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so, yeah, go ahead and give them something. Don't be bashful. When you want to praise God, it's all right in here. Amen? Amen. And so here we have <clears throat> Luke is, is writing and now the Holy Ghost is about to do something so amazing and Jesus and Father are directing this from heaven okay there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment the Italian regiment is similar to our special op guys they were the best of the best they were kind of like Saddam's Republican Guard, except they were wimps. <laughs> Amen? I know, I came up against them. Now, but Cornelius, he had to be the best of the best to be chosen to command this regiment. And a regiment is not a very small unit. A regiment is a very large unit of soldiers. And not only did he command this regiment, but he loved these men. You know how we know he loved these men? In the next verses, they will tell you and I, because he required these men to live godly. Uh-oh, somebody didn't get that. Are you hearing me? Yeah. They were not to go out and commit all kinds of atrocities under Cornelius' command. They were to treat people decency, and they would treat people humanely, okay? They were not to go and destroy human life like it was nothing. Amen. They were to do their jobs. Notice, Cornelius did not run away from his responsibility as a Roman soldier. But at the same time, he showed the rest of Rome how to treat people. Because the Spirit of God was upon him. And that, my friends, makes a difference. And so, listen what it says in verse 2, that he was a devout man and one who feared God with all his household. Can you imagine now a guy of his stature, how many people he had waiting on him? 
He had his wife and kids with him, all his servants, and, and including the guards that pulled guard duty around his house. Because they didn't want anybody to get to this important man. He required them to do what? To love God. This is the same requirement that God has for you and for me. Not only for you as the head of your house to love him, but your entire house to love God. Yes, God requires it. That's right. And now we see it among the Gentiles. This is nothing new. Because you remember way back when, during the days of Joshua, when Israel was acting crazy towards the end of Joshua's life, and Joshua told Israel, he said, this day you choose who you're going to serve. But for me and my house, we're going to serve who? The Lord. The Lord. Make it straight, make it plain. Okay? And stand on it. So here it is. Not only were he a godly man in his household, but he gave alms generously to the people. And he did what? What was the next thing he did? He prayed always. A Roman soldier on his knees praying to the one true God. Oh, y'all missed it. A Roman soldier. Now, let me tell you a little bit about the religious belief of the Romans. Just in case you didn't know. They were what we call pantheists. Pantheists mean that they serve all the gods. Pan means what? All. That means, and, and, and theos from theos for God. They were pantheists. Serve all gods. It didn't matter what your God was. The Romans said, it's okay. But this man said, uh-uh. There ain't but one God. And that's the God of Israel. Amen. Amen. Amen? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, whose name God changed to Israel. Now, he's the one true God. That's right. And he's the one that Cornelius was bowing down to. Amen. Amen. Amen? And he's the one that we ought to bow down to today. Amen. Not political correctness. Amen. Preach it. I don't care what they change in Washington. I don't care what the Supreme Court says. God is God and God alone, and his word is unchanging. Amen. Just say whatever you want to. On the day of judgment, you will get a, give an account why you tried to alter God's word. Amen. And so Cornelius, as much power as he had, feared God. And he loved God. And it says about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. Let me tell you why this is important, everybody. Back in the book of Isaiah, God said to the nation of Israel, he said, all whom I have called by what? By name. I have created him for my glory. And Cornelius just got called by what? By his name. So God created Cornelius by what? And for what? For his glory. Amen. And then God called you by your name? Yes, he did. That's why you're here today. Because Jesus said, Sora, come here. Amen. David, come here. Amen. Vicky, come here. 
Chrissy, come here. Right. God knows you by name. <clears throat> so he's in prayer, and he's let me let me tell you what kind of vision this is, folks. This is not a hallucination. This is a living reality. As he's praying, the angel did appear to him. Luke broke vision because that's the closest thing we can get. Lack of better word. But it was a real angel that appeared to him while he's praying. And it said, Cornelius, can you imagine you being in prayer and one of God's servants call you by name? That's why I tell you all, set aside those things that easily distract you and get before God. If you're married, tell your spouse, not now. I need time alone with God. Okay, tell the children, not now. We can do that later. Don't disturb me. My kids know from, from when they were babies, when dad is in a certain room, and the door is closed. Don't go in that room unless it's absolutely an emergency. Other than that, leave me alone. Okay? Because I'm like Cornelius. I'm before the Lord in prayer. And it's in prayer that God is showing me godly things. So when I come before you all, I can't come up here any kind of way. I have to come prayed up, study up, and filled up. Amen. And so, Cornelius, the angel called him. And when he observed him, in other words, he gave the angel his undivided attention. When God calls you, you hear when the spirits speak. You can be driving in your car. Mm -hmm. When the spirit calls you, even if you're on a loud motorcycle, Lord help us. <laughs> when the spirit calls you, you're to observe that it's the spirit of the living God speaking to you. Amen. And you're to give him your undivided attention. Right. Young Samuel, the prophet, did not know that God was calling him because he had not yet recognized God's voice. He never heard it before. And he thought the high priest Eli was calling him. And after the second time, Eli realized, that, whoa, wait a minute. It's God's calling this child. And I need to go and talk to him. Okay? <laughs> and so Samuel, the prophet, he wasn't the prophet yet, by the order of Eli the priest, say, it is the Lord who's calling you. Go back to bed, and if you hear him again, say to the Lord, here am what? Here am I. Otherwise, give him your undivided attention. Amen. Amen? Amen. And so this young boy, we believe he may have been about eight years old, went back to bed. Okay? He went back to bed and he heard the voice of God again. And the scripture tells you and I 
That God came and stood in the doorway. Did I not say that, brother? I don't know you, but I know the Spirit of God in you, and you're speaking true. Okay? Said that the Spirit of God came and stood in the doorway, and God called him as before. And Samuel said, Here I am, Lord. Woo! Here I am, Lord. And that's what Cornelius did when it said, And he observed the angel. He gave him his undivided attention. That's what Jesus wants you and I to do. When he's speaking, listen. Okay? And let me tell you, as wonderful as our brothers and sisters played this morning before the Lord, there's times when all that must stop. There's a time when we need to be still and listen for the voice of God. Are you hearing me? And so, we got two more hours. <laughs> and when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And a, what the small L. Yeah. What is it, Lord? What the small L. Speaking to the, Cornelius talking to the angel. Okay? So he said to him, your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God. Although God knows what you're doing. When you think no one else is paying attention to the hard work you're doing for Christ, guess who is paying attention? God is. Okay? And it was obvious that Cornelius was not doing it for men. He was doing it for who? For God. For God. And God paid attention. Amen. Amen? I got a question. Yes. I'm reading out of King James, and my Bible's got a uh, capital letter. Yes, I know. In the Greek, it's a small one. I know. I understand. What is it? It's the small O-R-D instead of capital L, capital O. small L-O-R-D. And the only way you can distinguish between the two words, and it's the same word, that's, that's listed in the Greek is that you have to look at the context. Okay? It's just a respect. It's, it's a respect for the angel. In other cases in Scripture, they're also addressed as Lord sometime. But when it says the angel of the Lord and it's in caps, who's that? Jesus. Yes, you know who you're talking to. Amen? In this case, this is very clear from the context as we began that it was an angel that came and appeared to him. So he's addressing this angel, okay, this messenger of God Most High. Amen? So we don't mind to take a moment and stop and teach, okay? <laughs> and so he said to him, your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He's lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel, got it? This is part of the context. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier. You see that? A devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. 
God had a message. God had a message from heaven for the Gentiles. This is the first case that we see that the soul congregation here are Gentiles. Paul had not yet been sent. Amen? He's somewhere else being taught by Jesus. This is now Peter. And, and in actuality here, what Luke is recording, Peter is actually the first evangelist to the Gentiles. Are you, are you about to see this? And this hardline Jew, who God in a few minutes is about to rattle his cage. <laughs> All right? Because his upbringing been saying, you have no associates, no association with Gentiles. Okay? You leave them alone because you will be unclean if you go and touch and associate with Gentiles. And Peter's going to come back. He's going to tell you. It's written in the law. It is not lawful for me being a Jew to come to you to associate with Gentiles. Because the nation of Israel had to be pure. Are y'all hearing me? God was preserving them. So now, the gospel in which Jesus had proclaimed to, what was, it, what was the old guy named that came to Lord Jesus at night? Nicodemus? Do you remember the gospel message Jesus gave him? The most famous verse in the world, the one that Tebow sent to the world again, and the world went crazy because he had painted it underneath his eyes. We'll say it again. John 3.16, as our Lord is sitting there telling Nicodemus that night, for God so loved uh, uh oh, that means it wasn't for Israel only. That means worldwide. That's a universal love by God for the nations. Okay? Now we're getting ready to see that love being poured out upon all the nations. This is the first leg of that. Amen? Amen. And so the next day, as they went on their journey and drove near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray, uh, to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. I examined this word trance in the Greek. And most of you all already know that I'm fluent in the Greek language. And I was looking, I was trying to say, Lord, that's like hypnosis. And Father said, Exactly. He said, I hypnotized him in a sense that he could do nothing on his own. When you're in a trance subconsciously, there's nothing you can do. No control. You're dead the mercies of God. And that's what God did with this man. And he all of a sudden he's praying and he was fixed on the things of God. Amen? Amen? And so, he's there. He's in a trance. And the Bible tells you and I what happened. And he saw heaven open. Man, that must have been some trance, wasn't it? Because, have you and I ever seen heaven open? No. No. 
And the last recorded case that we see heavens open was at the Lord Jesus Christ's baptism. Am I right? Uh-huh. It says, and, and the heavens opened and the Spirit of God came down like what? Like a dove. Okay. Now Peter is looking. And y'all used to think that, oh, it was just John over in the book of Revelation, right? When heaven was open and John was called up. No, 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 no. Peter now. Okay. Here's what's so amazing. Long ago, long before Peter, there was a man by the name of Jacob. Any idea who he is? Guess what you think happened one day while he was praying? He fell also in a trance. And what happened to him? And they say, and heaven opened. Woo, glory to God. And what happened? And the staircase of heaven came down. Woo, glory to God. And, and it tells you and I that Jacob saw angels ascending and descending in and out of heaven. Amen. 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 Now, Peter, in the same state, by the spirit of the living God, is now seeing heaven open. Yep. And he's about to see something come down that he had never saw before. And for a Jewish man who was a absolute hardline Jew, and you know what I mean by hardline? He's not deviating to the left or to what? To the right. He's standing firm on his Jewish beliefs, his upbringing. Okay? And so here it is. God, he said, in a great sheet bound at the four corners, Descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. What do you see that recorded at? Huh? What did you see that first recorded? Go back, say it again. Genesis, creation. Are you seeing this? Creation. That's when we see it. On the day that God created the animal world, Peter is now looking, and we're seeing God bring creation down before Peter. And he's looking at all these creatures that God had created on the day of creation. Are you seeing that? Mm-hmm. In a moment, Peter's going to realize that metaphorically, God is going to be talking about who? The Gentiles. Because we're all a God's creation. That's right. Look at this. Verse 13. And a voice came to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord. What do you see coming out of Peter right now, everybody? What do you see now? For I have never eaten anything common or unclean. Yeah, all the Jewish upbringing, according to the law, the man said, God, you told us not to do this. And I'm, I've been living according to your command all of my life. And I'm not about to be moved, what? Now. Because he said, Lord, no. 
<laughs> Amen. He gonna go. I'm being put through the test here. Okay. And, and Peter's passing the test so far. Amen. Kind of confused. <laughs> yeah, kind of confused, right? That God would do this to him. But God got a more powerful message than a test for Peter. He has a mission. Amen? And you know what's so fascinating about God? Uh, just in case some of us don't get this part, I, I want to make sure I'm very clear and descriptive. God wrote the book. That's right. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants to. Amen. He wrote the rules. Amen. Amen. And he is the author of creation. Amen. He can do whatever he wants to. So he's telling Peter, eat. And so the voice comes back again. Spoke to him the second time. And God has cleaned. What did he say? What? God has cleansed. You must not call common. What's another word for common? Impure. Unclean. Another word for common is unclean. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, you kind of like a kid come in the kitchen and you have the nasty dish rag and want to clean your counters. Uh -huh. And mom, you go, you better get that nasty rag off my counter. <laughs> I know I hear my wife saying it to the boys. Okay. Why? Because she don't want that which is filthy to clean her nice kitchen counter where she has to lay food at. And so here, this man is watching God and he's listening. Uh-uh. But God got something for him. He said, let me tell you something, Peter. Your behavior, even though you are in compliance with the law, there's something in your heart still has to be changed. Are you hearing me? Have you all seen those saints that they're so righteous that they stink when they walk and they squeak? Mm -hmm. And they make everybody life miserable. Yeah. Because they're too righteous. They're so righteous that their own righteousness now has become filter rags before God. Rather living by God's word and being moved by the Holy Ghost. They rather compel people and put burdens on people and remind you of Pharisees of old. That's not what God called us to be to you all. God taught us to be like Jesus. Come unto me, all who's labored. Okay? Right? But we can't be Jesus in a sense, but we can direct them to Jesus. Come on to the Lord, all who labor and are burdened down. Okay? Take his yoke upon him, upon you, his yoke. You know what a yoke does. It put two animals together, right? He said, be yoked with Jesus and take on his burden, okay? Not the burden of the world that drags you down and keeps you depressed and sad. Amen. But he said, take on the burden of heaven, which is light. Right. Lighter than air, amen? That doesn't weigh men's hearts down. But give your freedom in the Holy Ghost to do whatever you need to do. Amen? amen. So Peter was wearing a, a, a burden there that had to be lifted off his shoulders so he can finish the work that Jesus Christ has sent him here to do. Amen. Okay? And only God can remove the burden. Amen. And what you see now is that God is at work removing an all ancient burden on this man. Amen. 
Because God had a greater works than the burden. Amen. And sometimes you got to come out your comfort zone. Peter was in the comfort zone of the law. Even though he believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, he was filled with the Holy Ghost, he still had remnants of the law in him. The works of the law, because that's what this is. Sometime you and I need to be set free by Jesus, things that are bearing, burdening us down, things that we have been taught all our lives. Don't do this, don't do that. And God said, who told you that? You got to be free in the Holy Ghost to do the work of Christ. Amen. You can't be bound by man's description of what the church is supposed to be. Amen. You're supposed to be bound what Jesus says the church is to be. And that's filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled with the fire of God. Going out preaching the word of God. Laying hands on the sick and watching them recover. Amen. Catch up, demons. Amen. Amen. Oh, God. <laughs> and so, <Speaking> of the <laughs> <laughs> to God be the glory. Somebody need to hear that, amen? Hell just got mad at me. <laughs> That's all right. And so, Peter is about to get a lesson. Oh, glory to Jesus. <laughs> so here we have it. Look what happens. So the voice said to him a second time, but God is clean, you must not call common. This was done three times. And the object was taken up into heaven again. Why three times? Sometime you don't get it the first time. Sometime you don't get it the second time. Okay? In, in, in Hebrew culture, when someone says something once, you listen. If someone says something twice, you better listen. But if someone says something three times, you better be moving on the third time they're talking. Because things are about to happen against you if you don't. And God being God, that meant the third time Peter now have to put action to what he just been told. That means his soul has just been set free from the bondage. It's now time to walk in the freedom of the liberty of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we're about to see this. Are you ready to see that? That Peter has now been set free from his prejudice against the Gentiles. Because he still had a remnant in him. And God himself had to shake him loose. And sometimes God got to shake you loose from the mess you're holding on to. That's right. Or me. Amen? Amen. And so, now look at it. Verse 17, now while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. Isn't it amazing how when God is doing a work in you, 
uh, on the other part, on the peripheral, God is also working and he's bringing it together. Peter's sitting there going, what in the world just happened? What does all this mean? And the men who God had already gotten a hold of are now at the gate. In other words, God's plan is coming what? Together. Together. Okay? Just when you think that nothing is happening in heaven on your behalf, guess what? God brings the plan together. Amen? That's right. Amen? That's right. Just when you think you're confused beyond measure, God said, oh, but I got answers. Amen to that. Amen? What did all this mean? So he sees, uh, he, here's a way to look at it. When I used to supervise instructors in the Army, uh, and part of the lesson plan is to teach this way. You teach the steps in the book, okay? And then the next step is to walk them through it. Amen? And then after you walk them through it, that's called the demonstration part. Then the next step is you back away, amen, and you let them do it. That's the performance part. Peter just got out of the classroom of God, amen, with the sheet. And now he's getting ready to be walked, okay, by the Holy Ghost. Are y'all hearing me? Oh, the Holy Spirit is about to walk him through the next part. And this is the part that we're getting ready to see. And then when he gets to where? When he gets to Caesarea, he's going to have to perform. Amen? Amen. Some of y'all are still thinking you're in the classroom. <laughs> when the Holy Spirit is saying to you, uh-uh, it's time to walk. It's time to let me walk you through this part of your life. But I'm scared. He says, all right, I'm with you. What the Lord Jesus say? Behold, I'm with you always, even until what? The end of the earth or the time? So look what's happening here. Look at this. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Hello. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit did what? The Spirit is talking. In other words, Peter, it's walking time. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise. There's the walk, baby. Put one foot in front of the other. And it's time to go to work for the Lord. Amen. And this new journey that I've given you. Some of you are scared to step out and allow God to take you down this new journey. Oh, boy, Lord, we got this. We got to make this happen and this and this. God said, just put one foot in front of the other and I'll take care of the rest. Amen. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> And so he says, arise, therefore go down. That means go do something, Peter. And go with them, doubting nothing. Other words, exercise your faith. I've given you everything that you need so far. Now it's time to step out on faith. Go ahead. And he pushed him. Go ahead, Peter. Go ahead, Shelley. <laughs> yeah, sure. and what happens here and the Holy Spirit said doubt or nothing for I have sent them then Peter went down uh oh what is he doing obeying. he's obeying he's walking amen? amen Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said yes I am he whom you seek 
for what reason have you come? Peter didn't know that the rest of the lesson that God was showing him was about to be put in effect. Are you hearing me? See, first God checks and he gets your attention. He puts you in his classroom and he shows you the thing of heaven. That's what Jesus does. And remember the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he said something so brilliant. I, I tell you, the Lord is the most brilliant person there is. Amen. 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 He said, now when the spirit of truth come, he will teach you all, Amen. what? All things. Uh, what just happened to Peter? A Roman guy is standing at his doorstep. He, he don't actually come and knock on everybody's door. You got it. He has an invitation. And God said that he was going to teach Peter. Didn't you know what Jesus said? That the Holy Ghost was going to teach him? Did, did, did he say that? And he said, he will declare to you everything that I, I have for you. He said, everything that is mine, he will take and he will declare it to you. What did the Holy Spirit just did with Peter? He just declared some things to him from Jesus, didn't he? So it must be Jesus that told the Holy Ghost, go get him. <laughs> Amen? Mm -hmm. And Jesus even said the night in which he was betrayed, he said, everything is mine. He said, I got it from who? From the Father. So God must have started this thing. Amen? That's why the sheep came down. That's right. And Jesus said, okay, Holy Spirit, here it is. Here's the message. And the Holy Ghost, he said, okay. And he turns to Peter and said, okay. Arise. Okay? Go. Go. Go with them. For I have sent them. Did you just see the Godhead three and one at work here? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost at work. Y'all see that? I know it's been a long Sunday morning. I knew you want to go home and nap and drink your chapa or whatever it is you do. <laughs> and so, so the Holy Spirit said, For I have sent them, and Peter went down and he's questioning them and he just identified and said, What reason are you here? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, okay, one who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. Why do you think that the rhetoric of these men came this way to Peter? Why do you think that the language that was laid out in their speech was so full of the language of heaven there? Because had they not spoken to Peter in the language this way, he would have resisted. You notice what he said. He put it out there. We Gentiles, okay, Romans, the one who are oppressing your people, have sent for you. Ordinarily, a Jew would have said, uh-uh-uh. I'm not going with you because y'all getting ready to do what to me? Torture me and kill me? But the man spoke godly language. Did you see that? The man spoke godly language, saying that our leader, Cornelius, a lover of your people, Peter, a godly man, a man who fears God. That got Peter's attention. And he knew this was the right man, okay? And one of the little phrases the man said to Peter, he is a just man. Otherwise, he's not going to hurt you, Peter. Sometimes when we're afraid, 
that, you know, you, you and I think about, God, do I really have to go there? There's some bad people in that ghetto. <laughs> oh, God, do I really have to go to that crack house? There's some bad people. Okay? But God is saying, uh, they're shooting in Honduras. Lord, do you really want us to go? God said, go. Because just as sure he's sending you, he has a purpose for you. Amen? He knows your safety because he is your safety. Okay? And so, why we are kind of want to shake in our boots? God said, go ahead, baby, I got you. You remember Ananias over in Damascus? He said, Lord, have you heard what this man is doing to your people? And Jesus said, I know, for he's a chosen vessel of mine. Talking about Saul, right? But yet, we still have to obey like Ananias did. Amen? So here we have it. Peter is standing there. Okay. And then he does what with them? What's the next phrase there? And he invited them in. A Jew inviting a Gentile in. You and I both know that's the work of God. Amen. So now you see the two nations just what? Just merged. That's a God thing. Who are you going to merge with? Who are you allowing the Holy Spirit to bring you together with? People that society said, no, you have no dealings with them. Last night I was taking my grandson over to my mother-in-law's house. And Michaela was with me and Brennan. And we seen this man walking the street dragging a boom box. Kind of like the thing y'all got. I mean, it was loud and he was so drunk. Drunk. Dragging. Each time he would try to pull, he would stumble over. And then he would get it and he tried. And after a while, he stumbled over in the ditch and fell over on the thing. Head first. Bam. That's true. Ordinarily, I would have bust out laughing. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, you see that? <laughs> but I said, God, bind that spirit and set him free. In Jesus' name. Because I know what had that man. And you know what had this man. And you know what has been having the Gentile nations. And they need to be set free by the blood of the Lamb. And Jesus sent one of his own carrying his blood of the gospel to set them free. As we get ready to close out, so on the next day, Peter went away with them. Once again, a new journey, a new spiritual paradigm shift. This hardline Jewish man has now been humbled by the mighty God. Amen. Amen. And Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, who hung out and bled for the nations, is now walking with Peter 
hand in hand by the Holy Spirit as he walks along all the way to Caesarea with these men. Men who would have otherwise not have been in the company of Jews. Now walking together under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Tell me God is not good. Yes, he's great. He makes the impossible possible. When you don't think he can deal with your family, you look at this. And you tell me God can't bring men together. Men who were once at odds with each other. Mm-hmm. The two nations were clashing and killing each other. In a few minutes, they're going to be calling each other brothers. Should you tell me the power of Jesus is not able to save men to the uttermost? Because that's the demonstration of the work of Jesus and Jesus only. The United Nations can't do this. Only God. Only God. And the following day, they entered Caesarea. Now, Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. That man knew that something greater than what any human could ever do was about to happen to them. And he did not want his family to miss it. And he didn't want his friends to miss it. How many of you are unselfish and willing to call your closest friends in your blood relatives? Say, I want you to come to an event that's greater than any other event on earth and come and hear something that's going to be life-changing, life-altering forever. And I want you to come and hear a name that's above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. And it's that same Jesus that hung on the cross, that bled and died, and on the third day rose again from the dead. That's the thing I want you to come to. Are you willing to do that? Even if they say no. You do it anyway. Because <laughs> you never know when God's going to work. Who knows how long Cornelius had been waiting? Who knew how long that man had been waiting for the consolation of Jesus Christ? How long? But he was faithful and didn't give up. And he refused to be like his colleagues and his peers in the Roman army. He refused to treat his fellow man like garbage. Because he knew something greater was waiting for him. But he didn't know how soon it was coming. Amen? Amen. So, tell Miss Nelson six minutes. And so here on this glorious day, As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshiped him. He didn't know any better because as a Gentile, that's what they've been taught. Amen? Amen. And he didn't know that it was wrong. He didn't know that. 
because he was used to falling at whose feet? The emperor. Are you understanding this? So he was used to giving worship to a man. But he was about to be corrected with a gentle heart. But Peter lifted him up. A Jew don't put his hands on a Roman soldier. That's instant death. Are you hearing me? A Jew does not put his hands on a Roman soldier, especially a Roman officer. This is the commander of the Italian regiment. And a Gentile going to put his hands on him? Ordinarily, those soldiers would have killed Peter before he touched him. Are you understanding this? Do you not see the Holy Spirit at work in all of this? Peter, first of all, as a Roman soldier, for him to do that to a Jew, a people in which they have conquered? Absolutely not. His own soldiers would have killed him. Y'all got to understand how this work. Do you understand how this work? Do you see God at work here? This centurion put his own life on the line. His own men would have killed him. And they would have killed Peter for trying to touch a Roman officer. So you see God at work all over this. So he lifts him up, saying, stand up. I myself am also a man. Our president and the rest of them need to hear that, don't they? And as he was talked with, as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. Then he said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one another nation. Peter said, you know, I've already broke the Jewish law by being here. Okay? Who is greater than the Jewish law? Jesus, the one who called them. Amen? We're about finished. I apologize for the length. But listen, folks, you have got to get this. God is greater than any laws that you obey. That's right. If it's not his law, bump it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you heard me. I said it. If it's not God's law, bump it. If it clashes with God's law, God's law takes precedence over all laws. Amen. And this is what Peter was demonstrating as Jesus had told him to go by the Holy Ghost, that his word is greater than anything he had been taught. So he said, I've already broke the law. Okay, I'm here. Because God is higher than the law. And so, woo! <laughs> yeah, well, it was between a rock and a hard place at that moment. And so Peter now, as he's here, 
And he's told him, but God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. There it is. You, you remember when we talked about the classroom instructions? And then when you remember I told you that was the walking phase? Where the Holy Spirit walks you through, you know, he's up and he's practicing. Now Peter is doing what? He is performing. Are you hearing me? You need to get in the Word of God, see what it says, watch the Holy Spirit walk you through it, and then get up and do it. Amen. That's the demonstration here. That's what all of us need to be doing. That's what all of us. You think I was born with the Word of God like this? I was a little dumb kid from Archer. <laughs> Still is. Everything I've been taught, I've been taught by the Holy Ghost. Amen? And so, therefore, I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked then, for what reason have you sent me? So Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fast. You, 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 did you see how long time had passed? It's been what? Four days. And Shelly don't even want to pray for two minutes. What? Oh, oh excuse me. Sorry, everybody. To God be the glory. <laughs> Four days, Miss Vicky. Four days. Praying and fasting and now walking. Don't let her have a van for two days. Let her walk the next two days. <laughs> okay. All right, that's a little Sammy Nelson humor. Lord forgive me. <laughs> look, look, look. In all actuality, look, look at this. So Cornelius says, four days ago I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing, that tells an angel, and said, Cornelius, your prayers have been heard, and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner. And, and that tanner part is a whole new subject. And then it says, by the sea, when he comes, he will speak to you. So I sent to you immediately. And you have done well to come. Now, therefore, we're all present before God to hear all things commanded you by God. Did you get that? What the man just said, he said, I want to hear nothing but the gospel and the gospel only. I did not come hear your talk, Peter. I come to hear God's talk. Amen. And that's what needs to be preached. I was talking to another pastor not long ago, I said, you, uh, I said, a while back, the Holy Spirit stopped me from preparing sermons. He said, what? I said, yes. I said, I got a, God has prepared an entire book of sermons for me. He go, really? I said, yes. Would you like to know? He go, oh, yeah. Genesis to Revelation. <laughs> did did y'all get it? <laughs> So if I outline and put my little thoughts in and, and give it a title, that's Sammy's sermon. That's not God's sermon. That's right. When Peter then went and preached and Paul, they said, thus said the Lord. Amen. So from that moment forward, guess what I give you all? I don't give you Sammy Nelson's sermon. I give you thus said the Lord, God's sermon. Ain't God good? I know, babies. That loud one is my baby grandson. <laughs> All right, as we close out, 
Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, otherwise, not just for the Jews, right? But in every nation, uh oh, did you get that, Brandy? But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. In other words, if you're willing to repent and come to Jesus, God will work in you. You will be accepted by God. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, now God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. He just told them that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he's the Messiah that came. Amen? Amen. And we are, are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. What's the tree? The cross. The cross. Oh, yeah, you go, boy. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly. Did you hear that? God showed Jesus openly after he raised him from the dead. He walked them through the streets of Jerusalem. Amen? Amen. Now, not to all people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to, her, to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Peter said, I am an eyewitness of Jesus because we sat and ate with him after he rose from the dead. Do you have that kind of testimony? Can you absolutely sure tell someone, I know Jesus personally. I know Jesus is alive. Amen, amen. Can you tell somebody that? Amen. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. Did you get that part? On the day of judgment, guess who will be seated as God's judge over all the nations? Jesus. Guess who will judge angels? Jesus will be the residing judge over the great day of the Lord. Both demons and humans will bow down before the high court of God. And the residing judge's name is Jesus, the son of the living God. Amen. And every nation will bow. Every nation will bow. Sorry it's a little long today, but if I stop in the middle, you won't get what the Holy Ghost is telling you. Okay? And so, listen to this. Listen what Peter continued to tell them. And he commanded us to preach to the people, Right? And then that Jesus would judge the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets witnessed that through his name. Whoever believes in him will receive remission of sin. Peter just told them, listen, Cornelia, all the prophets wrote about Jesus. They spoke of his coming. They spoke of his resurrection. And they spoke that everyone that believed in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. Amen. That's what he's saying. 
While Peter was still speaking, listen to this now. This is where the deal is sealed by God. You got to know that God is at work here. You got to know it was ordained by Jesus. Look what happens in verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Yeah. All of them. Amen. The Gentiles were just now filled with the Holy Ghost, Amen. just like the Jews were on the day of Pentecost. Amen. Amen. And look what Luke tells us. Look what he says. And those of the circumcision, talking about the Jews, who believed were astonished. They were surprised. That the Holy Ghost had filled Gentiles. Amen. As many as came with Peter, you see that? They even got a lesson. Amen. Because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Amen. The same thing that happened on the day of Pentecost just happened in Caesarea in the Gentiles' house. Amen. Ain't God good? Woo, you see it? Did you see it? Did you see it? Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not forget him. Amen. I know y'all ready to go home and eat a burger. <laughs> then Peter answered. As we close out, can anyone forbid water? that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit, just as we have. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. Wow! Did you not see Jesus merge two nations as one in the Holy Ghost? And so, brothers and sisters, Whoop, there it is. <laughs> Amen. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe. Beginning with the Jew and then the Greek or the Gentiles. The blood of Jesus is for all the nations. The spirit of the living God is for all the nations. Are you hearing me? The gospel of Jesus Christ is for all the nations. So what are we holding back for? Let's give it to them. That's why we have a podcast that goes out around the world so that the nations can hear this gospel. And we're not ashamed of Jesus to tell you that he's the way the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father unless they come by Jesus. Amen? Amen? And he is the son of the living God who died and on the third day God by the power of the Holy Ghost raised them from the dead. The same Jesus is not only king but he's Lord over all creation. And at that day every knee shall and every tongue shall that Jesus Christ is to the glory of who? God the Father. Give him praise. Come on up here, Dick. Which one? 
This young whippersnapper right here. <laughs> this young deacon. Just learning a valuable lesson. Close your mouth, boy. Just <laughs> learning a valuable lesson in the Holy Ghost that you don't hold back. You preach, thus said the Lord. You tell them like it is. And you don't be afraid to go to the people. And you give them the unadulterated word of God. Do not water down God's word. Ever. Ever. And you do what Peter did. You listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And obey. And then go. Amen? Amen. You ready to close us in prayer? Sure. We'd like to thank God for our guest today. We don't know your name. Seem like y'all been here before. I but have never visited. My, I, I just moved here to High Springs and uh, we'll ask around and, and he came with high reputation for preaching the word. To God be the glory. It's Jesus. We won't have it any other way. Every now and then I get a little excited. <laughs> but that's all right. Truly, we welcome you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We do not have church membership here because everyone who's born of the blood of Jesus is a member of the body of Christ. All you got to do is just come in fellowship with us, and you're already part of the family. So why are we saying welcome to the family when you're already in the family? Amen? And we encourage you to come again. Bible study is Tuesday at 6 o'clock. And we, hey, it gets exciting there too. <laughs> Amen. And we get into the word. You see that old deacon back there with them cowboy boots on? He'd be knocking them heels and getting down. Amen. <laughs> I say some crazy stuff sometimes. I'm sorry. Miss <laughs> Nelson back there, my wife, and our church secretary who never works. I don't know why she's secretary. Miss Marie who keeps the building organized. God bless you. And Miss Vicki who heads up worship and praise. To God be the glory to all his children. Tamara with the kids. And every now and then we get Chris's presence. Okay. <laughs> now I'm picking on her. But, but let me tell you, she has a gentle heart with children. And, and uh, we love you all. Please bring others, because as you see, it's a fairly new congregation. Amen. God is raising us up. He's calling the people that love him Amen. and that want to be filled with the spirit of the living God and want to show the light of Jesus to the world who's not ashamed of, of Jesus. Amen? Amen? Even if you're Methuselah age or Max's age. Okay? I know I got warped sense of humor. My wife tells me, Sammy, don't, don't make jokes. Your jokes are coming. <laughs> Okay. Don't make jokes on ever sing. Don't let me sing with you, and, and I certainly won't do it with you in the shower because it ain't gonna ever happen. Amen. As one man, one wife. Did I just throw that in there? Yes, I did. Okay. All right, Deacon. All said and done. You ready? Right, ready? You ready to pray in the Holy Ghost? Okay. Pray from your heart, brother. Everybody, bow your heads with me, please. God, I wanna. Thank you for the message you gave to us today. I'd, I'd like to thank you for bringing new family members in today um, so that they could hear your living word. Um, I would like that you keep that word with us as we go out of here so that we can spread that word to everybody else. 
In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everybody give our new brothers in Christ a warm welcome. In Jesus' name. God bless Max, Sammy Nelson. Sammy. Glad to meet you. Uh, and this is Max. He used to come with Papa. Yeah. He's a good looking.